Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, you guys already know what it's going to be. We're going to be going over Major 5 of the CDL, the final Major of this season as we head into Champs. Then we're going to talk about uh, kind of each team's outlook with that uh, review going into Champs, kind of talk about what they look like, positives, negatives. Um, then, honestly, after that, it's not a whole lot of stuff we have left to do. We're going to talk about regular season awards like Rookie of the Year, MVP, but those are honestly pretty wrapped up. Um, I think we know who's going to win Rookie of the Year for sure. MVP, maybe a little bit more of a debate. And then we're going to do something a little different since it's a little bit of time before champs. We don't want to just do our roster predictions, or not our roster predictions, our bracket predictions um, right away. Going to give a, uh, ourselves a little bit of time to think, marinate on the, the bracket, um, and maybe make our predictions like that week right before champs. Um after we get a little bit of time to think and, you know, hear what's coming out of the camps and scrims and stuff and how everybody's looking. So take a little bit of time on that. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, we just passed the 990 mark, so we're right there. I think we're less than 10 away from that 1,000 goal that we set. So if you're listening, watching, and you're not subbed, drop that sub. We'd really appreciate it. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. We appreciate the support, and let's get right into it. Brock, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good on this fine Monday. It's nice out. Didn't have to work today. Oh yeah, great. You know, yeah, and good, good tournament a, overall. Yeah, we had an interesting tournament. It was a uh, good for some matches, but some days were a breeze. There was a lot of three O's this weekend. Yeah, a lot of three O's. It was a, I would say, a pretty unexpected tournament. Given that, uh, you know, our favorite to win the tournament didn't win a map. Yeah, I definitely. It's kind of shocked, really. <laughs> yeah. <the> outcome. <laughs> Let's start there. We're going to talk about. Okay, so we're basically going to skip over like our teams that didn't make champs, like London. Shout out to London, though. They did at least make us a little bit entertained. They knocked out Breach, mm-hmm. um, and they did put up a little bit of a fight against Steve. So shout out to London. Then you had LAG. You know, they went out three zero to our tournament champion Subliners. That'll maybe be the last match we ever see the Gorillas play, as that'll probably be switching uh, ownership and organization. Uh, and then who else? We got the Vegas Legion. Unfortunate, but they they did bow out. Um, they did put up a subliners as well. Yeah, sad for them. Hopefully Clay returns for next year. I'd really love to see him back. He still got it. Uh, and then where am I looking here? Who's our last team that I'm missing? Oh, Florida. Florida. Valiant effort from Florida. They three out optic. What a, a little bit of a banger for them to end their MW2 season. Mm-hmm. Definitely didn't win a map after throwing optic, but you know, <laughs> beat optic. <laughs> they, did. they did beat optic i thought i thought they were gonna have a chance for a second to make a top three run when they got to match up against minnesota you know not like a an absolutely gauntlet team to match up in winners round two i thought florida was gonna have a little bit of a magical run there to top three potentially after they beat optic yeah definitely they're all playing pretty pretty decent pretty good a capsule had a crazy event he played very well mm-hmm. um but that's basically it. i just want to mention those four teams but i mean not much to talk about their season's officially over so don't really want to spend any time on them Let's talk about Optic. We started talking about it. We'll talk about Optic and Boston um, for our champs teams that got eliminated right away. I guess we could also talk about um, Surge because they were also eliminated in dead last. So three teams that are headed to champs finished last. Interesting that three of the teams that weren't headed to champs made it out. Um, But talk about Optic first since we mentioned them. I tweeted it. Is this potentially... I'd have to really go back and think about it, but is this potentially one of the biggest upsets in cod history not i mean they lost to la thieves and losers so that's like i get la thieves is a very good team 
So that's like not like a crazy upset, but like the fact that they were the tournament favorites. I mean, mm-hmm. they certainly weren't like a guaranteed win or anything like that. We were saying going in, but they were the favorite. Um, yeah, and they don't win a map. Is that one of the crazier upsets or shocking results you can remember happening in COD in at least a very long time? I think. I think. Yeah, definitely. Just since they're definitely the favorites, and they went ten and zero in the last two online stages, and then second at the event, and then just come out. And- you know, have an off day, I would say. And it's like, even if they were to lose, I would have like expected them to, you know, lose from a standpoint that their search and destroy fell off or something, or they continued to struggle in control, which mm-hmm. they did. But it was they lost hard points. Like they got dominated on their best map. Fortress Hardpoint might be their best map in mode, and Florida dominated them on it. Yeah, I would just... and then yeah, it's just it's just so weird. Like I would have expected it to be through like. You know, they were really good at hard point, but just we're getting Nesload. That's how I would have expected them to lose to Florida, at least. Yeah, I definitely get just one of those days where not, they're not flowing. Nothing's going really right for them. Can't, can't pull together, really. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but the writing kind of seemed to be on the wall for me. At least once they lost to Florida, I was like, ooh, you got 3 0'd. Maybe you're a little bit in your own head. Composure's lost a little bit and you got to fall down. You don't have to play london or a struggling surge or lag down there you get the draw of thieves which yeah. i don't care that thieves went one and four in this online split we all know when it comes to land la thieves are a very good team they are not an easy out yeah they're, they're definitely different on land yeah no so matter that was, the circumstance yeah that was shocking i mean dashy i heard doug talking about it. i listened to a little bit of the reverse sweep not the whole thing but i heard doug talking about it and he was saying like how dashy tweeted like i just don't know anymore and he was like I don't like that tweet. And I was kind of on the same page. I was like, you know, sometimes Doug can over-exaggerate things a little bit. But I was like, I don't like that tweet at all from Dashy either. It's almost like, I get it. You're going to be emotional. I, it would be weird if he wasn't emotional mm-hmm. after losing. But like, that's almost a tweet of like, uh, that somebody on LAG would make. Where it's like, you just couldn't win a match all year. She's like, I don't know anymore, man. Like, I don't know what to do. But like, if you're Dashy, you're Optic. You're coming off 10-0 and in the last two onlines. You're coming off back-to-back seconds. You had a, a bad event here. but between I don't know anymore bef- a few weeks before champs it's like if I'm his teammate I'm looking at that like dude like lock in well together yeah. coming up we're still we're still a, a top team we had a bad weekend but we're still a team that could win champs like lock it in we can't be losing full just because we lost one one match or two matches and had a really bad tournament I get it like you're gonna be down but like I would mm-hmm. like if we kept that behind closed doors and not like start tweeting about the struggles because you know what that does even if like the team doesn't care if I'm a competitor, I'm seeing Dashy, th- uh, Dashy tweet that. I'm like, oh, okay, Optic's in their own head. Like, this team's compromised. I, it maybe gives me a little bit of delusional confidence against them. Yeah, definitely. Like, I Granted, the team that they're playing at champs, first round Boston might also be a little bit of compromised mm-hmm. after this past weekend. But like, if I'm Boston, I'm looking at that like, oh, there might be some trouble in the Optic camp. Like, I'm, I'm using that as some sort of motivation. Even if it shouldn't be, I'm going to like convince myself in my head it is to try to get myself an edge. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's like a little kind of a wake up call since they're dominating so much, you know? Yeah, and we could, let's say, we're, you know, uh, three, four weeks from now and Optic is the world champions and we're probably going to look back at this as a positive. If that's yeah. the case, is like, hey, if they would have got another second, maybe they would have taken the foot off the gas or something and something would have happened. But, or it's going to be the opposite. They're going to finish top eight or top six and it's going to be like, man, this tournament really crumbled. But, like, yeah, who knows? We might be looking in a couple weeks as, Wow, this woke Optic up. They they locked back in, and that's the reason they won. Yeah, hundred percent. To me, that's how you gotta look at it, right? You gotta yeah. just look at it and be like, 
hey, we got smoked. We got to lock back in. Yeah, if we got to go extra hard to practice, but I bet they already were and all that jazz. But if they weren't, now it's time. Yeah, but also at the same time, if if getting top 12 is the only thing that can motivate you as a pro to get ready for the world champs, like the world championships, you've you got some other issues. You got to be able to lock in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is your career. You should have the passion to want to win that world championship. Um, Definitely. But Optic, just a, a weird weekend. It's hard to even talk about it because like, they just overall just it was just a bad weekend in all all ways. I think like if you actually look at their stats too, it's not like I mean obviously they got six out map count. Their stats are probably not going to look great for any of them. But I'm pulling up just the major five stats for Optic here, and I'm pretty sure like I think Dashy was over a one because he actually looked good or at least decent in a lot of the matches. But like yeah, it was a Hook had a, a point six two, Ghosty with a point six eight, Shotzi with a point seven eight, and Dashy was best on the team with exactly a one. Yeah. I mean, Shotzi had the best hardpoint KD on the team at a .79. It's rough. Definitely won't win you the tournament. <laughs> yeah, and I, the, really, the only reason Dashi had that 1.0 is because that Expo, oh, um, that Expo control oh. against Florida, he fried. Yeah. And he had a 1.35. But yeah, rough tournament for Optic. Uh, let's, who, who you want? You want to talk about Boston or Surge? Talk about Surge. Yeah, it's just... Surge, man. Um, yeah, it's. I'll talk more about like maybe the issues because we're gonna do that report card for each team's regular season at the end of the episode. Yeah. So I'll maybe talk more about like some thoughts overall on their season, but they also get drawn into the brutal gauntlet of a bracket at champs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the positive from this weekend is at least they did make champs. Like, not like they yeah. did anything to like help themselves make champs. I mean, they got three out by Vegas and they could have locked up their spot by beating Vegas and they get three owed rough weekend. The one thing I'll say about surge is a positive going into champs is we've seen this team in Vanguard this year, get absolutely smoked and look like they have no life and then come back and look pretty good. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, like we've seen them get smoked and, and bounce back. I think, there's a world, I don't know, maybe you disagree, but there's a world where I could see them bouncing back. The issue is, I mean, their bracket at champs is uh, pretty hard. It's a little rough. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely, get, I, I, I could see things. them. I, I don't really see them winning, but I could see them making like a top four at champs. Yeah, and we always talk about how they play phase tough. So I, I could see them coming out. I mean, I'm not going to be picking them. To beat phase because it's just way too bold to do that. But like I could see them coming out and shocking the world and forcing a map five or something on phase. Yeah. Like they like they do a lot of times. They did secure champs, so they have a few more weeks to practice and lock in and whatever problems are they have, figure it out. Yeah, and I mean if they do end up making a run at champs, it's it's probably gonna end up being a loser's run because that time I mean, if they make it to like winner's final somehow, they would have had to beat phase and then either ultra or thieves. So uh it is a brutal bracket. Yeah, for them, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, do I have faith? Mm, no, not really. Because first of all, their bracket draws tough, and they look chalked. But I will say they have a lot of chemistry. They've been together for a long time. That is a factor here that could be a positive. They have a lot of chemistry and have bounced back from struggles before. But yeah, rough, rough stretch here for the mm-hmm. surge to end the year. They they're if there's a, a definition of limping into champs, this is it. They are limping into champs. They are barely crawling there. Yep. Um, shocking too. You know who had the worst KD overall on their team this weekend? What was it? Was it Pred? Yeah. 
Brett had a point seven eight. Um, Sib had a point nine five. Mac had a point eight eight, and actually had a point eight one. Once again, grain of salt because it is one series where they got three zero. It's not like it's a large sample size. Yeah, it is one series, but obviously, um, we know that this team is not going to win if Pred has a point eight. Let's just say that. Yeah, definitely not. Pred be like a one point three. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I'm still excited to watch them at champs because you know we always joke about they have Shaq and Kobe at any moment those two could make a series close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's talk about um, Boston quick then. Rough weekend for them. You lose three two to Rocker, a big win for Rocker, and then you go down and you lose three one to London. That is rough. That was London's first land win this entire season. Mm-hmm. So very, very, very tough look for Boston. Um, this team, they might even be making a roster change before champs. You can't technically pick up anybody new. You can only sub in people that are already under contract. So I believe that's only Nero, actually. Like, I don't think like Doug or like Snoopy, because I think those guys are like on Breach Academy, like they're paid for to go to the events, but they're definitely not all actually like signed as substitutes. Yeah. Doug might be. The only one I can truly see would be Doug, if, if if he is. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're not subbing in Doug. Um, yeah, they should, though. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> um, he would be the only one, but I think obviously Nero is under contract. He is actually like a sub. He could be subbed in. Maybe they make a change, but this team, it just... They don't look like they can make a run. The one thing I will say for them is they always have played Optic because they match their crazy quick pace. And just like Ego Chow flying around style. So like the one thing I will say is maybe with their matchup in round one being optic, that could be something where they make noise because they played them somewhat tight at times this year. Yeah. But their pace, yeah. But so even if they, like one positive, I don't know. Yeah, even if they do make a roster change, it just seems like just they stay the same no matter what, really. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a they just like can't they have the talent. They just like can't close things out. It's they're they're just so inconsistent. Yeah, and then it's like, don't really have ice. At the same time, if they could somehow put it together, they do like Vivid, Kremp, Awakening, Beans. These guys are like mechanically skilled enough to compete with any team. Mm-hmm. It's just they, just they just can't put together. And I like the formula for success for me at Champs for them. It's pretty obvious. It's like you look at them, you see the mechanical skill, and you see a lot of search talent, like Vivid, First Blood Machine and Search when he's on. Awakening can really be good in Search, like cold war and like mw19 and everything like wake was a force in search at times if he can get to that and you know beans with the sniper also always popping off like this team seems to have like that neslo type mentality with the search at least i know their control can be rough but like they seem Mm -hmm. like a team that should be able to like find their niche in search and they do have like the slayers that they could find wins and respawn that's like their formula it's just the consistency factor isn't there and that's why we see them getting dead last yeah uh, but they do draw maybe the easier side of the bracket, although with New York looking like they do. Who knows if it's actually the easier side having New York and Optic on your on your side. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So that's it for Boston. Unless you got anything else, we can move on to our, our other teams that were eliminated next. Ready to move on? All right, which for our teams that are in champs and losers round two, um, people that got eliminated, Vegas, obviously not in champs, and then London, not in champs either. So we go on to our top six where LA Thieves bowed out at top six. Um, I guess, like, 
I don't know too much to say for Thieves this weekend. It's kind of like, you know, you you had a rough online stage. We see that all the time from Thieves. You 3-0 Optic. You keep that dominance over Optic, which to me is a big thing because I can definitely see a world where if Thieves are in winner's finals, I think there's a very real possibility Optic is the team they could meet. It yeah. seems to me like it's going to be Optic or New York from that side of the bracket. I think you would probably agree with that. It's probably going to be one of those two teams. Yeah. I don't think it'll be Boston or Minnesota on there. So there's a decent chance that they meet up with Optic in the winner's finals. And I think it was big to 3-0 them to maybe keep that mental edge. Yep. The biggest win of the weekend for Thieves for me. And then yeah, you 3-0 London take care of business. You get 3-0'd by Ultra, but I'm not worried about this Thieves team. It's still this the defending champs. I still feel like they can make some noise over there uh, on the winner's side of the bracket at champs. Yeah, I'm not too worried either. I kind of figured they'd come in this tournament, win a couple matches, and place like top six, like you said. Yeah, I, I truly do believe, though. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I believe that like Optic falling to them was the biggest blessing in disguise. Because the fact that they, after beating them in the last final, then they came out and 3 0 them, I feel like that's just got to be such a like a mental edge. Like mm-hmm. Optic's not obviously going to be actively thinking when they get on the stage, like, man, we can't beat this team because that's not how a competitor thinks. Like, you don't just yeah. get on the stage. Even like FaZe, they've lost how many in a row to Optic. They're not getting on the stage. Simp and Beezy aren't getting on the stage like, oh no, it's Optic across the stage. We can't beat these guys. That's not what's going through their head. I promise you that. Yeah. Um, and it's not what's going to be going through Optic's head if they end up matching up with these. But subconsciously, back of the head, you know, might be sneaking up in there when you're you're not even actively thinking about it. But it might be sneaking in there like, man, we, we just can't beat this Thieves team. Yeah. So it's good uh, to establish that dominance. I'm sure when Optic lost and Thieves they, they saw that, they said, a little, more, a little more motivated. Yeah, rather than playing play. uh, a Mutineers team. Yeah. I got nothing else on Thieves, though. It's honestly just kind of like a clockwork. Like, you know, they finished top six, but I'm not going to be shocked if we're all of a sudden seeing them in winner's finals or something. Yeah. I don't know. Just something about this team. It's like you can never count them out no matter what, how bad they do. No, I mean, we've seen Octane in a couple champs grand finals and obviously won it last year. We've seen Kenny in what three of them now world war two and EO four. Mm-hmm. And now last year, like we've seen a lot of these players step up and um, I trust them to step up in big moments to me. These are all clutch players in my eyes. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what they do at champs. They got a tough bracket, but uh, I believe in them. I'm never going to go into a series thinking like thieves can't win this. Yep. Agree. Yeah. All right. Then we got our team that bowed out in fourth. That was the Toronto ultra shout out to the Toronto ultra home crowd, by the way, they were electric all weekend for their, for their squad. You know, mm-hmm. the city-based thing, say what you will, there is a lot of negatives with it, but I really do like how when they go to a team city like we saw in Minnesota, I really do like how the people show up. Like, we saw Minnesota at Major 2 last year. The fans were way louder for Minnesota than they were when they were playing Optic. Like, there was more Minnesota fans in the building, which you would never see before Optics always. Yeah. Dominating the fan base. So I love to see that. I thought the Ultra fans showed out big time. thought it was amazing. Um. I love to see it. So shout out to them. Ultra also, honestly, a pretty good weekend. They beat our eventual tournament champions in winners round one, put up a valiant effort against FaZe, but fall, and they take out Thieves. Like, they, they played a gauntlet this weekend. I mean, the teams that they've, uh, that they've played were Subliners, FaZe, Thieves, and then Subliners again. Tough matches. Good teams. Yeah. I mean, they played our tournament champions twice, FaZe, and Thieves. Like, all teams that have won events. Yeah. They didn't play a single team that hasn't won an event this year. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought they were going to beat uh, subliners and winners or losers. Agree. I 
I thought when FaZe dominated Minnesota in winner's final, uh, I thought we were going to see Ultra beat Subliners and then Ultra beat Rocker, and then we were going to see a FaZe Ultra final. Yeah. I honestly thought FaZe was going to win. I thought FaZe would beat Ultra in the final going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't have Mr. Subliners on my card. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're always on there. It's like you, you got Hydra. You know they could win, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought Ultra was going to lose to FaZe in the final as we were heading into Sunday. That's what it was kind of. Yeah, the home crowd above, I thought, just figured pull, put them over the top. At least mm-hmm. to get to finals. Yep. And Ultra, another team that the only reason I'm worried about them going into champs is because of their bracket. It's just playing Thieves first and then probably playing FaZe second is a brutal bracket. Tough. But I really feel like whoever comes out of that top side, you know, I'm maybe revealing some of my champs predictions and maybe I'll change it by the time we get two weeks from now or whatever when we make the predictions. But I really feel like whoever comes out of that top side of the bracket is probably going to go to finals. They're probably going to win the winner's finals. Because mm-hmm. they're going to go through a gauntlet, whereas like, let's say New York wins and like Optic gets upset, New York might play Boston and Minnesota. Yeah, to make it to winners final, not as much of a gauntlet as it is. Say Ultra beats Thieves and then beats Phase. I feel like they're going to have a lot of momentum where they they could end up making it through the winners side of the bracket. But I'm not worried about Ultra at all. This team is very, very, very good. They play pretty fundamentally sound. Uh, the one thing I liked that I saw at Ultra this weekend was Hixie. Even insight at times, I don't know what their overall stats ended up being. I can, you know, go look at that. But like, I saw Hixie bringing it up in the slaying department a little bit at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, on the weekend, this is crazy to see their overall KDs. Scrap had a point nine six. Um, as really? their leader, insight point nine four, Kleenex point Kleenex point eight five. Um, and Hixie point eight seven. So Kleenex was actually the worst in the team, although at times it seemed like he was popping off. He really struggled in S&D, though. So overall, like they all had a negative KD on the event. But once again, like we said, they were playing... Uh, where is it here? They were playing Subliners twice, Thieves, and FaZe. So like you're not going to have probably crazy stats playing those teams. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of close maps and stuff where you might be getting outslayed. But I saw at times a Kleenex that was popping off um scrappy was obviously popping off i saw insight making clutch plays in s and d's and i also saw a hixie that picked it up in the slang department here and there and played well in search with a 1.11 so mm-hmm. like hixie and insight can pick up the slack a little bit on the slang sometimes and become a little more consistent in that department i like toronto to be able to compete with top teams yeah um, and their control is still just so good at times and their team works pretty pretty damn good mm-hmm. and we always say a lot of times when it comes down to champs or Sundays and stuff, even if it's just majors, like the teams that are the best at map three tend to have a lot of success. And you could make an argument that ultra is the best at control or yeah. right up there. So I, I do like the fact that Toronto is such a good control team because it's always a weapon to be able to have. Cause that's obviously always going to be a swing mode. Either you're down two Oh, when it starts the reverse sweep, or obviously it could be you're closing out a series up two Oh, or, it's 1-1, one, one and it gives you that momentum to, to have two cracks at winning the series in 4-5 and five if you get up 2-1. So I like, I like that for Toronto. That's a sleeper pick going into champs because of the fact that they are so good at that map 3. Yeah, definitely. Um, then we have Minnesota, our team that I guess probably shocked a lot of people, bowing out in third. Um, they go 0-6 map count on Sunday. Maybe had a little bit of an easier road to get to final, some people would argue, as they did only beat Boston and Florida to get there. But you know what? can only beat who's in front of you and they clutched up and made their way into champs when they had to do it so shout out to minnesota i definitely think that this team i feel 
better about them headed into champs than I did before this weekend. Yeah, a lot more. You know, feel like they're as a as a team confident with them. And I do think a couple more weeks of practice, getting attached, you know, back used to this team. I think, I think they could shock some people and come out and put up more of a fight against subliners than they did this weekend, getting 3-0'd. Like, I think they could shock some people. I still probably lean towards subliners mm-hmm. in that round one. But, like, I am I think Minnesota could come out and put up a fight. And, you know, the one thing they have, I trust Attach and Bance. Those are two veterans that you can never count out. This team is a sleeper because that bottom half of the bracket, like we said, it's not nearly as tough as the top half at Champs. So Minnesota has a little bit of sleeper potential because they do have those veterans on their team. Um, I feel like they they aren't right now, but I feel like with Attach and Bance and Cami, like I feel like there's a world where this team is like that EG team from World War II where they just lab their search and destroy. Yeah. And lab their game modes and get really organized and search and like try to be like the Nezla team at this event. Like I'm not by any means saying I think Minnesota is going to win champs or anything, but I, I feel a lot better about their chances to maybe make some noise than I did five days ago. Yeah, I, I feel like you're in. Just touch, get his slice of pie. Get a piece yeah, of he pie. definitely. He thought maybe <laughs> for a little bit this weekend he might when he was in winners finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but catch and bench, Cami, fame. I'll trust them, champs. Yeah, I think that they could make some noise. Um, I like the team. Obviously, you know, I'm one of the teams I'm probably going to be rooting for at champs. We always talk about it, but I like them going forward. I feel better about them. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have our two teams, so we can wrap this up here, that we're in the finals phase. Unfortunately for them, another series where they can't close it out, it really comes down to that Asilo search. Yep. Up 5-2, you got to close that one out, and you probably win this series then. Um, I, they go down 3-2 there. They go up 3-2. Obviously, like everybody's like, oh, yeah, then they won 1-4-2. Maybe the Asilo control goes different. If mm-hmm. they're up 3-2 instead of down 3-2, you never know. Things change. Nerves change. Who knows? Maybe they do close it out in 6. Maybe it still goes 7. Um, who knows? But FaZe, once again, they finish first place for the fourth straight time. They've been first every year in CDL. Like I I still strongly believe that we will see FaZe in the grand final. <laughs> Come champs time, they've never missed it. Um feel pretty strong that they'll probably still be there. I'm not worried. Subliners, though. Obviously, the team that improved their stock heading into champs the most of any team. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you, did not have this on my bingo cards, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially winning three searches over FaZe in the final. Mm-hmm. Especially that the the comeback 5-2, especially in FaZe's better maps. Yeah. Shocking. Amazing weekend from Subliners. A great loser's bracket run. I will say, I strongly believe that Nameless calling it the greatest loser's bracket run in COD history is completely and utterly faded. Yeah. Uh, great run. Don't get me wrong. If you make a run from losers round one, that is a great run. Regardless, you could play the worst teams the entire way, but making a run from losers round one all the way to winning a tournament is a tough thing to do. Don't get me wrong. However, they did play LAG, Vegas, and Florida in their first three matches. Three teams that didn't qualify for champs mm-hmm. um, down in losers. Then they beat a very good Toronto Ultra team and beat Minnesota, who, you know, was also on the brink, but had a good weekend. So, you know, shout out to them. And then they do beat a very good face team, obviously. Yeah. Um, through like almost all search and destroys, which is also extremely typical because that's a very good search team. Yep. But let me tell you, it's not the greatest loser bracket run of all time. We don't even have to debate that. Yeah, might be the one that we went to. <laughs> yeah, might have been the one that we went to last year with LAG making that run. Obviously, Seattle, Rise, World War II. 
where they yeah. won two best of fives against EG. That one comes to mind. That was a crazy run as well from losers round one. But yeah, it's definitely whenever you make a run from losers round one, it, it's something. But in the CDL era, it is also just different The without the pool play and the losers bracket run. It's just a little bit different to make it. Yeah. Um, in the CDL era, a little bit of a shorter run. So um, shout out to New York, though. They improved their stock and they're a team, obviously, because we've seen it a lot where a team that wins the last event right before champs ends up winning it all. So New York is certainly on a lot of people's radar to potentially go back to back as we saw last year with thieves. Yeah, definitely. Definitely could. All right. So that's it. Three cap tournament. It was a fun weekend. It was crazy. How many three O's there were. I mean, wow. Like in losers round one, three of the four matches were three O's. Both were three O's in uh, losers round two and three. And then mm-hmm. the losers final was a three O up in the winner's half. Two of the, first four matches in round one were three O's. We had a three O in winners round two, a three O in the winners final, like three O's everywhere. I hope we're not seeing that at champs. I want to see a lot of game fives at champs. Yeah. Let's just get the three O's out of the way and game fives for champs. Yeah. Hopefully that's what they were doing. Um, so moving on though, the one thing we want to talk about before we do report cards for each team in the regular season, uh, Regular season awards. Honestly, Brock, unless you have some crazy takes or I have some crazy takes, I don't think this will take too long to talk about. I mean, the rookie of the year is probably the biggest shoe in ever. It's easy. It's scrappy. I mean, (laughs) yeah. MVP won a tournament. Yeah. The only debate was Ghosty. And I think the only way that Ghosty really could have taken it over was obviously Optic had to win this weekend to match um, one to one championships. And honestly, I think Ghosty would have had to have like a 1.2 and win MVP. Yeah, because like let's right. say let's say Ghosty drops his 0.95 typical like good dirty work type player and Shotzi wins MVP or something. I still think you give it to Scrappy because they both have an event win. Scrappy would have the MVP of the event and the overall stats lean heavily towards Scrappy and he was on the team the entire year. Mm-hmm. I, I think even with a win, Ghosty might have not won it. And now obviously with him. Not winning a map at Major 5 and Scrappy having a nice run to Sunday. Having the event win, the MVP, it's very clearly and obviously Scrappy. It obviously has to be. Thankfully, it isn't fan voted because if there was fan votes involved, Ghosty might win it and it is not deserved. The Rookie of the Year is definitely Scrappy. Yep. All year has been the Rookie of the Year. But for a little bit there. He's also probably going to finish top five in MVP voting. So, yeah. He is definitely your Rookie of the Year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but shout out to Ghosty. He had a fantastic rookie year as well. It's just Scrappy had an MVP caliber year. Yeah. Um, MVP though, this is more of a debate. Going into this weekend, it wasn't locked up by any means, but it really felt like a BZ had a pretty strong hold on it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. I would agree. So it felt like he had a pretty strong hold on the MVP, which he certainly could still win it. I'm not one of the people that think it's like completely locked up, but I think the MVP after this weekend is Hydra. Yeah, I, I do think he, he gets the two wins versus the one wind. And I, the argument can be made um, that people I've seen are making is that Dashy didn't win it last year when he had the event win, mm-hmm. um, whereas uh, Celium did win it and he didn't have any event wins. Obviously, Faze got a bunch of seconds. Uh, I could see the the debate there. I can see your point. But at the same time, they both have event wins. However, Hydra has the two. I think the debate would be completely over if Hydra had won MVP of Major 1. Yeah. But it was Kismet that obviously won that. 
Um, if you just look at the pure numbers uh, in terms of overall KD, uh, it's a 1.17 on the year for Hydra to a 1.07 for Abizi. I will say take that with a grain of salt because the role that Abizi is playing compared to Hydra is just generally going to lead you to have a, a lower KD. Yeah. Because he's doing a lot more of the entry work, whereas Hydra's kind of running around slain. Uh, Hydra had a 1.2 in hardpoint, whereas Abizi, where is he on here? He was uh, much lower. He had a 1.01. So 0.2 higher for Hydra and hardpoint's a pretty significant difference. Although, once again, you know the role that they're playing. Hydra had the best S and D KD in the entire league at a 1.27. Wardy is above him, but I mean, played the one match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Abizi was a 1.23. Abizi was obviously fantastic. And I would actually make the argument in that case. That's one of the KD doesn't matter arguments. I would say Abizi overall was the best search and destroy player on the year. His first blood percentage and stuff like that is just absurd. Yeah. So I would still say Abizi was the best search and destroy player on the year, but Hydra's right up there with him. Um, and then control KD. We've got Abizi at a 1.1 and Hydra at a 1.09. So basically neck and neck there. But I would say my other argument, maybe you have one, is I think if you take Hydra off of New York and replace him with like a league average sub, whatever that would be, I don't even know. I don't really want to like throw a player out there. But let's just say like you took Hydra out and replaced him with just the average sub. Like I don't even know who would be a good example for that unless you have one in your mind maybe. Mm. Uh, I don't really have one. Like, I'm trying to think because like, there's a lot of good subs in the league. Who's like just like a havoc? I just saw his name. How about like, let's say <laughs> you took um, Hydra off New York and inserted havoc in there? I think they would get a lot worse. I don't think they win a single event. Yeah. Um, if you take havoc, insert him for a BZ. I don't know that they win an event, also because you like you know, a BZ does do a lot for that team. I don't want to discount him, but I think Phase is still pretty damn good team. They have Selium, Simp, Havoc, Slasher. Yeah. I think they are still a pretty damn good team and could compete. I think they probably make a final or two. I think they're still a very good team. Whereas I think New York take out Hydra and play some, replace them with Havoc. The team gets no wins, that's for sure. And probably yeah. not even make a final, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't really see it. Havoc's on that team over Hydra. Yeah, and... You know, that is basically the definition of MVP. It isn't technically who was the best player all year, who was the most valuable to their team. Um, and I think it was Hydra. I think the two event wins really sealed it for him, which is kind of crazy because he really wasn't on the radar as much. Because when you win in Major 1, the recency bias of it all, people don't really remember you yeah. as a candidate. But then he bookended the year, obviously, with a win in the beginning and the end. So shout out to Hydra for that. He's my MVP, but I won't be upset if a BZ wins it. I'll say that. Yeah, it's super close. Yeah. Um, most improved player, that's not an award they actually give out, but I just, we don't even have to really give anyone, but I don't know if maybe you had a shout that you were thinking of for most improved player. So it doesn't have to be like year over year compared to where they were last year. Mm -hmm. um, but like maybe there's a player from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I had like one that came to mind. Oh, what was yours? I thought this isn't from last year because he wasn't in the league last year, but I thought Vickle. Okay. I thought in the beginning of the year, Vickle really struggled. He was benched. And then by the end of the year, I feel like Vickle established himself as like a mainstay, like CDL sub. Like he could be a submachine gun player in the league for a while. I thought he really improved over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So like that um, could be somebody year over year, also, if you had one in mind. I have one for like year over year, but I also have like, I just stopped top of my head, like Hook. 
Yeah, the definitely. The year. Definitely. Was very, he was very good. Stock, yeah. Yeah. And also, I show. had a, a pre stuff for year over year. Yeah. Because last couple years, he's one. been struggling. Team not having been success. And now this year, two wins, and he's been playing pretty good. That's, uh, yeah. Troll. That's one I didn't think troll. of. That is definitely a good shout. Yeah, those are my two. It's hard to think of other ones because, like, year over year, it's just, I don't know. It's just a little bit different. I would say, I was going to say, like, somebody like, um, even like Octane could be a shout, but he was so still so good last year at the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, he kind of struggled, but that's like a tough one. One who I just saw when I looking at the picture of the teams, I thought of not like a crazy one, but like somebody who I thought improved his stock a lot from last year, TJ. Yeah. I thought TJ was a lot better this year. Like in Boston last year, he really was a big struggle at times, even though they had some success. But I, I thought TJ played very well this year on Legion and proved his worth again where he was very good in search and started to come around a little bit more and respawn at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, yeah, I don't... Nobody really comes to mind. Vickle was the one that really came to mind for me. Yeah. Big time. I was going to say, like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, but Vickle really improved. Obviously, that's not an award they really give out because that's that's a tough award with the overall turnover in the league and how many players, you know, go in and out, back and forth. It's, it's tough. Um, yeah. That's it for awards. We can do something... <clears throat> That we wanted to do. It's kind of our last hurrah to our teams that are eliminated, but includes all the teams. We're going to be giving out a little mini short report card for each team, only for the regular season. Obviously, we don't know what happens at champs yet. Mm-hmm. So just for the regular season, a little report card. Going to give each team a grade anywhere from um, A to down to an F being the worst. Um, and then maybe give one positive thing that you thought from their season. It could be a placement they had, a run they went on in a certain game mode. Uh, they figured out something for their future. Their maybe their branding. They did something you like. Doesn't have to be about the game. Something yeah. like that. A positive and then a negative. Obviously, for teams like um, like Florida, LAG, those teams, it's going to be a lot easier to find negatives. And maybe you're going to have to dig somewhere for a positive, like going forward for them. But just like a grade, I wouldn't take the grades too seriously. It's just kind of off the top of our head. If you really think that somebody deserves a B plus, and we gave them a, a C plus or a B minus. Um, it's off the top of our head. The grade's not that serious. Um, yeah, it's just sometimes people like to get really upset when you give their team a grade that they don't agree with. But I gave like there's one team I know that people are going to be like, "Why did you give them that high of a grade?" But I'll explain it when I get there. Um, mm-hmm. But let's do it. So basically, just going to go in like somewhat of an alphabetical order here. Start with Atlanta. Um, you can go first to this one. Grade for Atlanta. I feel like this one's pretty easy. But what letter grade did you give them? M A. Mm-hmm. Solid A. I also had an A. Pretty, pretty good uh, year overall. Yeah. Players Simpson had had a better year, I feel like. A little yeah. better. Only can... negative really is they don't ice up some they don't they don't really ice up sometimes mm-hmm. when they when they when they need to, which is kinda hard to believe for that calibers of players in the team. Yeah, they feel like they should be a team that is always closing things out. I'd agree. I also had that as my negative. I feel like a lot of people would say that's their negative. It was they struggled to close events again this year, mm-hmm. which to me is I kind of on some of these put like a for the positives and negatives put like a twist towards champs because obviously we still have that left to go. But this is just a regular season report card. But yeah, they struggled to close events again this year. Got a lot of seconds on the positive. At least they did close one of them. But that's scary headed into champs when you've had struggles to close out in the finals. 
Yeah. Um, for my positive, uh, I did say you finished fourth for the fourth, or you finished first for the fourth straight season. You've gotten first every year in the CDL era in terms of regular season standings. Um, and you look poised to make another champs finals. I'm going to go out and say it. Uh, what I saw this weekend from phase this is a spoiler alert, maybe for what I think about champs, but phase was dominant in respawns specifically hardpoint. And what has been their worst game mode this year? They have struggled to close out hardpoints, mm-hmm. which has always been dumbfounding me this whole year because Simpa Beezy, Celium, a team with those three players should never struggle to close out hardpoints. Those are closers. They are all closers that make game-winning plays and just outslay teams heavy. I saw that team look very good in control. In Expo, they looked almost unbeatable. Um, I saw them look very good in hardpoint this weekend, and I saw them struggle in search, losing three searches to New York in the final. And if there's one game mode I trust that team to fix over any of the others, it's search. They improve their hardpoint, which was their struggle. They improve their control, which was their other struggle. Um, and they struggled in search. I trust them to fix that. I think they look poised to make another finals at champs. Yep. You got anything different for positive or you pretty much have? No, not really. Just same old phase, really. Yeah, it's like clockwork. Yep. You can trust them to always be a a top two team at pretty much all times. (laughs) Yep, literally. And even like when you doubt that they might be you're like, yeah, they might be third, they might be fourth. Yeah, they're in the final again. Every time. Yeah. It's always happened somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah. Um moving on to Boston. First of all, um, I'll start with my grade and then I'll say the positive, and then you can maybe do your grade and the positive. I gave them a C plus on the year. So okay. I feel like it the grade dropped from where it was like mid year. I thought maybe I would have given them like maybe a B minus, maybe a B. Um I'll say my positive was I think they found a lot of talent this year mm-hmm. on their roster. Like I think Big Wake is very talented. We all knew this. Uh, I think they figured out Nero is very talented despite benching him. I think Kremp showed a lot of promise. I think Beans is a really good player with a lot of talent. I just think they have to find a way to make it click or find the right roster combo with all those players or maybe new players. But I'll say that's my positive for them is I think they found a lot of talent and they've proven that they're pretty good at talent evaluation also now with snoopy on their challenger team he looked very good when i was watching this weekend i just think they found a lot of talent between snoopy wake kremp beans like i think they've shown as an organization the past two years that they're very good at finding those up-and-coming players um now they've got to figure out the right combo so that's kind of what led into the positive grade for me for them uh for, for boston for me i had c okay and my positive for them was, like you said, a lot of talent they have between academy rosters and regular rosters. Just finding the balance between it all. And, you know, I feel like they just need... No, I was negative, but yeah. I was going to say my negative, but not even... Really you can go ahead with it. But uh, I, my, I think we're on the same page for the, the positive, though. It's like, you got a lot of talent. Just got to figure out the right combo and way to make it click. Yeah, like you said, that Stu behind the challenge is pretty, pretty damn talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my negative for Boston, I just feel like they need a, a true leader to help those players. Agree. I, I did I not that, have that, but that's you're right. I just don't think really Beans is the, like, the leader really of it. Even though he tries to be as much as he can. Yeah, I just... I wonder where that... Does that... We don't have to get into this too long because I don't want to spend too much time on like future stuff. That's all the stuff we'll talk about in the off season. But you, yeah. I mean, you brought up a great point. I wonder, like, because 
I mean, I feel like you're going to keep Beans and Wake on this team likely because they both showed so much talent as AR flex. Mm-hmm. Um, how, does that come in the form of like a veteran submachine gun player being added to this team that can maybe bring more in the comms in place of like a... I feel like they're going to cr- keep Kremper Nero. For some reason, I feel like Vivid's gone on this team after the end of the year. Yeah. So I wonder, does Vivid get maybe replaced with like a... The first guy that came to mind is like a Bance type player. That's more of a leader. Mm-hmm. It might not be Bance, but just like somebody that can bring more in the comms as a submachine gun player or something. I don't know, but it's definitely a good shout out. I do feel like maybe this team does lack a little bit of veteran leadership and know-how in, in the game. Yeah, I feel like also when they're like, are like you know, not having the best games, they still get too hectic and just can't really figure it out. Yeah, I don't have that guy to calm them down and get everybody level-headed and ready to go. Yeah. Um... Mine kind of plays into the the same thing as you, but it was my negative for them was what a lot of people would say. It's just that that lack of consistency. They couldn't find it at times, like when they beat Optic. Um, at what was that major three? Um, they would look incredible, and then they would have times like this weekend where they were finished <clears throat> top twelve and just looking awful. They just barely squeaked into champs. Just like that negative for me is that lack of consistency. They had the talent, but it's just like they just couldn't put it together. One match, they would look fantastic like they did against Optic, beating them in winner's round one, and it's like, okay, Boston, time for you to make a run. Can you get a top three? And they would just bottom out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we move on to Florida, though. Uh, a team, obviously, that didn't make champs. Now, in terms of like our alphabetical order thing here, we've got a, a bunch of teams in a row that didn't make champs. We can maybe fly through these. But Florida, I did not give an F, although a couple teams that didn't make champs got an F. I gave Florida a D. Um... My positive for them is if they don't go with all Spanish rumored heretics roster, which I'm assuming they probably are because usually those rumors that come out like that are pretty accurate. But let's say they don't. I believe for being a pretty low budget team, they have a pretty formidable sub duo to pair with hopefully two new ARs or an AR and a flex next year for the team. I think Vickle and Capsidal is a pretty formidable sub duo mm-hmm. and a very good search and destroy sub duo. Those are two players that are very good at search. Um and we all know the players that tend to make the most are those submachine gun players because they are the most impactful, important players in Call of Duty. So as a low-budget team, we know Florida doesn't really pay out big salaries. I think that's almost as good of a sub-duo as you can get. Yeah, for the price. For the price. Um, obviously, yeah, you, there are a lot better sub-duos you can get overall, but when you're paying pretty low contracts, I feel like those are that's about as good as you're going to get of uh, a sub-duo. So I, I think that's a positive for them, is that that duo could make some noise if you pair them with a couple new ARs next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, Florida, for me, I gave them a D plus since they did, they did fight all year. They didn't really just give mm-hmm. up like kind of like LEG a little bit towards the end, middle way through. Like you I said, agree. I'm excited for the Heretics brand to come in, <clears throat> Spanish side. Absolutely. Do they even keep Capsidal? That's only like really my question. Yeah. I don't, I mean, based on those rumors, it doesn't sound like it. I was just kind of acting like I hadn't heard that and being like, yeah, that guy is good. I, mean, I knew he was good. I was shocked he wasn't on a roster to start the year. I couldn't believe when I saw that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. year, I always thought Capsule was so talented. I was shocked when he was benched at times last year. Um, I really just, was he benched? Am I thinking of it wrong? Was he benched last year at times? Yeah, he got, Nero. yeah he got benched. Yeah, he got benched. I I was shocked when that happened. I just think Cap is such... I just look at Cap and I just see, like, such a good player. I think, like, the aggression he brings and the slang upside he has is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be on our roster next year. It might not be um, Mutineers or Florida, obviously, because they might be switching to that all-Spanish roster. But, yeah. Um, 
yeah. he's a hell of a player. And Bickle's also a hell of a player too. Yeah, I agree. Um, my negative, um, obviously the whole year couldn't make winners bracket till the end. I, I truly believe bad roster decisions early on hurt the team pretty immensely. Yeah. I think benching Vickle early on, uh, for havoc really hurt them in terms of just the development of the team. Yeah. Also and seeing things grow, like it stunted Vickle's growth and maybe that could have helped you a little bit more. Yeah. So I would have uh, liked to see that get fixed. Yeah, for me, it was just... Didn't make champs, pay low budget, so kind of figure, you know, you don't pay high, you're not going to really make champs or make a run unless the players go absolutely off. Right? Yeah, and bringing, are... bringing in Dave Paddy for like, well, a week, really? Yeah. Didn't really, That's another one. Those questionable the roster decisions. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. bad decisions stunted their growth, I feel like, early on. It just, just didn't make a lot of sense. Their first year without Skies and Wake mm-hmm. um, in the CDL era, but yeah, I... I'm looking forward to the Heretics roster there, or Heretics brand coming in if that ends up coming true. Yep. I agree. Then we move on to London. This is one of the teams I gave an F. Um, I will say for the negative side, your point is 100% true. I didn't put it down, but like you said with Florida, how they fought to the end, I didn't feel like London fought as much to the end. I, I For the negative, I literally wrote down pick your poison. You can go a lot of ways. For mm. negative with this team, I'll honestly say the one I thought was the lack of team cohesion and like their public disagreements when it went like public with scraps tweeting about how they don't listen to each other and like they hate getting on and like they don't play together at all. Like I maybe it's like the the team sports in me, but I just have never been a fan of like when things like that get out of the locker room. Yeah, I just like that was like the negative for me is like I, I hate when teams disagreements like and lack of cohesion go public. So that was my negative. My positive was. At the very least, Nasty does seem to be a player. I truly believe that. Like, if he had a good team around him, Nasty seems to be a player you could build around. I also will always believe in Asim as a player to build around, but I don't know if they'll retain both. But, like, I do believe that Nasty, you can build around that player if you mm-hmm. get a bunch of good players around him. And, like, Abusa is an EU player that a lot of people think London could sign. So, like, I feel like if you did have, like, a Abusa, Nasty, Asim start, another good player, I feel like you could maybe make a little noise and take a crack at champs next year. Yeah. Uh, London, I also gave an F. You know, towards the end, the they did fight after all the after dra- after all the drama happened. Yeah. Um. Nothing really much to it. So it happens when you don't really pay a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Tend to be at the bottom. But Asim, he was kind of a stand-up player with Nasty. Yeah. It's like. They have at least, it's not like they're a completely lost cause because they have pieces you could see being good on the right team mm-hmm. going forward. But yeah, it's just overall a struggle. Um, my, neg- my neg- negative was really you know, drama. And I feel like mm-hmm. they, and they like, made Paul run the sub. Yeah. A lot of the time when he wasn't really locked in, checked in, so they should have definitely moved him a lot earlier than they did. Yeah, it was just... The team seemed to be chalked pretty early on. It was a team that you could tell pretty quickly probably wasn't mm. going to make much noise and didn't seem like they were super urgent to do anything about it and really yeah. couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. It's a sure. tough year from London. Yep. Hopefully better next year. Yeah. Because they are a fun brand and we know that that London and that UK fan base is, is a great fan base. So hopefully they are better yep. next year. Agreed. Um, then we got LAG, Brock, your boys. Um, this probably be another pretty quick one. I gave him an F. 
my positive Joe deceives is a beast. I strongly believe that. I think I also think obviously RC is a very good player. Now we'll have to see how contracts work. You know, if it's a new organization coming in with ownership, I don't know exactly. Do the contracts get voided? Are they all free agents? Um, we have no idea, but let's just operate under the assumption that the contracts are still there where RC's had the three year deal. Um, Mm-hmm. Joe, I would assume, would have a plus one option on his since he signed um, like midseason from the Academy team. So let's just assume that whatever new organization picks them up, they still have the contracts. I would say Joe DeCees is a beast. I think you can absolutely build around him as your star SMG player. And also Arcides, like, let's not pretend like he's not still really good. Yep. Arcides is still a very good player. You got him under contract. I really think a, a duo of Arcides and Joe DeCees get another good sub and a good flex. I think personally, you run it back, you pick up Gunless. I think you get RCs and Gunless back together, get Joe to seize a good sub duel. I think there's a path where this team could be competitive again pretty quickly next year. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, least, my negative least, was just organization imploded around them, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one for the team overall. Uh, LEG, F, like you said, Joe to seize RCs. Even though RCs, they have a kind of a bad year, you know. He kind of gets good, good, good situation for our cities. Is you know, he plays a lot better. Yeah, I, I'm not doubting that he's a good player at all. I agree with you. I, I think give him the right situation, give him a good team. I think he'll be right back to one of the top ARs. He did what he, he did most he could with the team, especially with the Oregon floating as a negative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really, whoever picks him up, whatever, Joe sees and RCs, like you said, should be a pretty good duo. Most of yeah. Fun. Scrap it, and then they go to different teams. Yep. I agree. Then you got anything else for like a negative, or we move on? Oh, negative? Imploding of the org? Yeah. <laughs> really it's hard to say anything one? else, really. Yeah. Made, made them not be able to do literally anything or roster changes or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't even make one if they wanted to, because they don't have anybody to pay for it or actually make it. <laughs> yeah, so that was a tough Definitely talking yeah. about the players as well, which kind of sucks, but... 100%. Um, yeah, nothing else, really. Yeah, then we got LAT, the other LA team, obviously kind of opposite end of the spectrum. I do feel like, I mean, we've been pretty much the same. We were the same on Atlanta, very close on Boston, same on Florida, basically, you know, same on the last two. I feel like LAT is where we could differ, though. I can see a world where they're in the Bs. I gave them an A-. minus. Simply mm-hmm. because they broke the Champs Curse, which nobody had ever done, obviously. That was why it was called the Champs Curse. And they yep. also got another second. So, you know, they had two top two finishes, one championship. Yep. Um, that was my positive for them was broke the Champs Curse. Negative was just that online inconsistency. Again, they just couldn't figure it out and be consistently dominant online, which is, once again, what separates the phases from everybody else is their consistent dominance and finishing top three or better on land while also always finishing in winner's bracket in the top four in online. Yeah. Um, for L.A.T. for me, I gave him a B plus since mm-hmm. they did break the champs curse. They won a tournament, got second. Yep. And my negative really about them is, like you said, the online qualifier just don't seem to click for some, for some odd reason. This can never just be consistently good it's like they're always good for one or two losers brackets a year because they're going to struggle online it's like they needed an incentive for the online qualifiers only within the organization or something for them to actually like get motivated and play it seems like 
write it into their contract where they get an extra thousand dollars for every online win or something. <laughs> yeah, something because like these players are really really good on on land, just online something. It's about it. And like I get that it is. I 100% can see, especially for a team that's won a world championship and won multiple land events. I can I can see how it's hard to lock it online. But mm-hmm. like you're. I get your Atlante, but like when you go one and four online and you start in losers, you're also giving yourself a disadvantage at land where you feel comfortable. Like this weekend, if they would have started in winners, who knows? They might have done a lot better. Yeah. But they had no room for error and they get a top six. Yeah. Play a good team in ultra, you know, close maps. 3 0. Yeah. But if they're in winners, they have another chance to come back, but no. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I definitely, this is where I thought we could differ. Like I can see a world where you put them in the B's because of that inconsistency, but I can also see a world, you know, Making it to two of five grand finals and winning one of them is pretty good. So mm-hmm. I, I put him in A minus just for that reason, because also the champs curse had never been broken. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to Minnesota. You want to go first right. for this one? You can just go through it all grade, positive, negative. This is another interesting one. I feel like there's a spectrum you could put them on here. Minnesota, I gave them for the overall year. They've been a little bit better. I gave them a C. Plus. Okay. Had some ups and downs, some roster changes. But overall, they made the most of it for the positives. Got top three. Mm-hmm. Negatives is... Yeah. Negative is really putting fame on an AR role when he was frying in challenges with a sub and then for a whole month and now they switched it back and bring a touch back, which shouldn't have that, done that in the beginning. But obviously... Don't really want to bring an Afro since he is your superstar SMG player, but some things weren't working out with him and the team cohesion and all that. Mm-hmm. So those are mine. I like you could just copy and paste what you said. It's literally what I wrote down, pretty much. <laughs> huh. I gave him a C plus, exact same. I said the same thing. You made a great top three run at the end to secure champs and hold off Legion. That's got to be the positive for this team. Is it looked yeah. like they were going to choke away their lead they had on Vegas, but they didn't. They kept them at arm's length the whole time, and they clutched up on land when they needed to. My negative was the same thing. Questionable roster changes, I think, stunted the growth of this team. I think will cost them in the end at champs. I think they're just going to be a little bit behind mm-hmm. those top teams, whereas, like, I also agree with you, though. It was hard. It was hard to bench Afro. I think even when they did it, it was hard to bench him because he is viewed by the public and everyone as your superstar because talent-wise, he probably is their overall mechanical skill, most talented player. Yeah. But like we've seen before with certain teams, like you bench, it was a th- like we saw with Toronto is another good example. Like Standy mechanically, I would say is more talented than Hixie. Yeah. But Hixie just fit what they needed better. Dirty work, comms, just smart overall play, playing your life. That's more what Toronto needed. The chemistry he had with those guys. Sometimes like that just helps you a little bit. You need that chemistry more than just pure individual talent. But I get why it was tough. But like, yeah. Engine attached never seems like the right reason uh, or right thing to do. But yeah, that, the questionable roster changes is the negative for me. I think it's going to yep. end up costing them at champs because they're going to be a little bit behind with how late they made the swap. Mm-hmm. But overall, Man. a solid year to at least clutch up and qualify and get back to champs where they belong because they did not qualify for champs last year. Yeah, that is true. They did, they did do it this year. The way to make the improvement. Um, next team, NYSL. Feel like it's hard to not give them an A. Before this weekend, they wouldn't have gotten an A for the year. They probably would have gotten more like a B, a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I give them. I could have given them an A plus and put them ahead of Phase, who was the only team so far that I've given an A. Um, 
I will say the reason I keep them the same is because of the inconsistency at the other tournaments. So they do win two events, the only team to do so. In my opinion, sure. they have the MVP on their team. The they big thing they did was they erased that turmoil. Remember how bad that organization sounded with mm, Krim but- saying all that stuff? Like D-Real and Krim and like the organization, there was a lot of turmoil. It sounded like they kind of erased that. Seemed to be a pretty good org. It seems like the team is more locked in. There was a lot of questions about Hydra's motivation. Um, well, clearly, it seemed like he had that this year. Um, if they get some consistency out of their ARs, whew, watch out. Um, that we saw this yeah. weekend, like they've been inconsistent most of the year. So my negative for them was that inconsistency I talked about. They got a top eight and a dead last in there, um, which really hurt what could have been an even crazier year. Let's say they get a couple top fours. They would have had um, a couple top fours, two wins. Like It would have been a lot better if they could have just erased those um top eight and top twelves yeah that they got um and the other thing was like i said the inconsistency of the ars i just felt like kismet at times was just so good for his role hydra obviously is probably the mvp or right up there he was so good but i felt like skies and priests were just up and down a little bit and if they would have been more consistent man this team could have had a dominant year yeah it's for them it's like they never had both good games at the same time mm-hmm uh, New York, I gave them A minus. Okay. They won. They won a two tournaments this year, first and last. Like you said, yep. Hydra. You know, for what what they say about him, he he wants two now. He's a winning player. Yeah, three events now too. If you include that pro am from last year, three time champ. Yeah, definitely K- Kismet. You know, I I, th- I thought what you Kismet and Hydra didn't really like each other at the end of last year, but. Seems like they're doing fine, and I actually really loved the uh, when they brought in Skies since you know Skies and Hydra are kind of close. You know, maybe the Skies feeds into Hydra, so they tell them to lock in and all that stuff. Skies seems like a great teammate too. Yeah, he does, he does whatever. I would want to team with Skies if I played with him. That's for damn sure. He's always gassing you up. He seems like he doesn't really lose full. He seems like he brings good vibes too. Like I feel like I would mm-hmm. feel confident in good play next Skies. Like he wouldn't. He doesn't ever like. If you're doing bad, I feel like he's not the guy to call you out or like make his call outs change to like be annoyed with you. I feel like he's just even keeled, gasses you up. I feel like he brings good vibes. He seems like a good teammate. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, negatives, like you said, inconsistency with them. In the first, maybe they'll drop off a little bit. I think where they place top 12 then. Yeah, rough. But yeah, overall, really, a New York team I did not think was going to win two events if I started the year. For some reason, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't. I would agree. Um, I will say though, like the other guy that needs a shout on this team. You already talked about Priestess, so I'll give the other guy is Kismet. Mm-hmm. I remember Kismet in IW when I first learned of him was on a team. I can't remember what team it was on. I wanted to say it was Straight Ripping, but I don't. It might not have been Straight Ripping. No, because that's what the team that Dashy ended up on at Champs. But anyways, they were on some team. I can't remember who it was. He was teaming with Nagafen. I remember they were up 2-0 and Kismet got up and he was talking crazy to whoever they were playing. They got reverse swept. Didn't qualify for champs. Um, actually, that wasn't IW. I think that was World War II. I'm thinking of actually. Yeah, it was World War II. Um, he was on some team. They didn't qualify. They got reverse swept. Kismet was talking a lot of trash. Got screamed back at. For some reason, in my head, I think he was playing Looney. I could be completely wrong. No, he could have mm-hmm. been playing Looney in World War II. Never mind. Ignore what I'm saying. Um, but Kismet didn't qualify and I remember like, oh, you know, whatever. That's that's a player that seemed good, but didn't qualify for champs. Okay, move on. He goes to Black Ops 4. 
eventually finds himself on E6, gets a top four at champs, fries that event. I'm like, kismet. That's a good player to watch going forward. Then going into MW, he joins Legion. They have an absolutely abysmal year, and he kind of drops out of the league. Uh, and Cold War, you know, he's in Challengers, just grinding his way. And then he finds himself with an opportunity to join a New York Subliners team in Vanguard that was abysmal. They were mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. He instantly turns that team around. They win the Pro-Am. They qualify for champs. He looks like a great player. He comes into this year. It's like, okay, Kismet, this is your prove-it year. And he is like the perfect complement for Hydra. They make so much sense together as a sub-duo. It's like he does every little dirty work thing that needs to be done to let Hydra shine, and he doesn't complain about it. He just does it. And also, he has the ability to pop off sometimes, too. He can take over a map sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's like the perfect role-player sub. He'll do everything to make Hydra's life easy, while also, you know, he'll he'll show up for you when you need to. He'll get hype. He'll bring good comms. And he's a pretty good search and destroy player. He's like the perfect duo for Hydra. And I think I can see this team making a run going forward if Skies and Priesta can play consistent. I feel like a lot of times when we're watching this weekend, Hydra be like 26 kills and Kiss would be like 23 there, right right with him. Yeah, or Hydra would be like, like you said, 26 and 20 slaying and Kiss would be 30 and 30. Just yeah. same pace. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, it's not? crazy how to imagine Kiz was out of the league last year before the, he joined the Vanguard. And he revived his career. Like he, he came in, he had a lot of pressure to turn around that New York team, and if he didn't make that happen, he probably was going to not get a chance again because he is you know, a little bit older. He's been around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took that chance, and he ran with it. I'm a big fan of Kiz. I really didn't know too much about him uh, like before he joined Subliners and Vanguard last year, but I'm a big fan. He is like, he's a perfect, uh, he is like the perfect player to pair next to any of those superstars. Like if he was paired with Pred, I think they'd be an amazing duo. Mm-hmm. Um pair him with like a Shotzi, even a hook one of those two any superstar submachine gun player you pair him with them i feel like he just makes life easier for them and like i said when i would see hydra was 30 and 19 on a map and then i see kids was 28 and 32 i love it i love him setting that pace just running in front of hydra get one let hydra clean up the rest yep he's a perfect player i love kismet he's one of my favorite players in the league i think he just is he's just such a fundamentally sound player and he'll drop his 0.9 but it is the most Fundamentally sound reason you're winning point nine ever. Yeah. Now he's a three time champ within a year and a half. Yeah. And a mainstay CDL player, deservingly so. Yep. Um all right, let's move on to Optic. Maybe a different tune to sing here. I think this is one of my more controversial grades for people. I'm I'm interested to hear what you have. How about you go first this one? Optic for this year. I I did give him a A. Okay. A minus, I should say. I was gonna say if you gave him more than NYSL at an A minus, I would be a little crazy. Yeah. I did give him A minus and they did bounce back after really the unexpected loss of Scumpy. Mm-hmm. Which they had to find their footing for a bit, but you know, after they found, you know, Ghosty, they've been pretty damn dominant besides just, you know, back to back seconds. I only want to get first, so that's the first, you know, optic they they always want first, but mm-hmm. that's not how it always works, but Overall, really a good year for what for what all happened. Yeah. And my negative is maybe coming out better in grand finals and getting that W champs. Mm-hmm. But all we really have for optics since they were pretty damn good. Yeah, I have a different grade. It's close. Uh, it's very close. It's close as you can get. I put them down to a B plus. Um, mm-hmm. The reason being, 
spoiler alert, the only team we haven't talked about, I have Toronto at an A. That's one of the teams I gave an A. I obviously gave NYSL an A. I talked about giving LAT an A-, and then I gave FaZe an A. The common denominator there is FaZe, LAT, NYSL, and Toronto. They all won events. To me, I feel like I couldn't put anybody in the A- minus or above if they didn't win an event. So that's why I dropped Optic down to a B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, my positive for them was they really had a stretch there where they looked like the best team. Like you, you could not argue for that online, basically like the end of major four into the online stretch of major five where LAT fell off in the online stretch. You could not make an argument that optic was, uh, wasn't the best team. Like they were clearly going into major five, the best team. Obviously we saw what happened there, but yeah, that was my positive for them. Um, and I also agreed with you. I said they really navigated the scump retirement well. I mean, you're not only losing a good player in scump unexpectedly, but it's also the face of Call of Duty esports. Just lost him unexpectedly mid year, yep. and they really bounced back and they really got better mm-hmm. um, after he was gone. So that they navigated that very well. My negative was, like you said, inability to finish two seconds in an absolutely embarrassing major five. Um, was really negative for this team. They just couldn't finish it. But like you said, maybe they're saving it for the big one. This is another one of those kind of incomplete grades like the other teams that are at champs that have a chance to make a run. But I just couldn't get them into that A range considering they they hadn't won an event. Yeah. Very fair. All right, Seattle. One that fluctuated. I mean, shoot, after Major 1, we thought it was maybe an A, then it maybe dropped to a D, and then it was back up to an A, and then it was a C. And it's like, this one has been all over the place like their year. I gave them a C. Um, for my positive, I said you had flashes where you looked really good and looked like you might be a top team. Um, I still think the upset potential is there for champs. Unfortunately for them, like we mentioned earlier, they get a brutal bracket, but I think they still do have upset potential at champs because mm-hmm. you always have Fred and Sib who can just take over. Accuracy is a good clutch player, good leader, and I still believe Mac to be an X factor no matter how bad he's been recently. Um. My negative does involve Mac, though. I think my negative is not pulling the trigger on roster moves when yep. they needed to happen. You could have easily pulled it this year. You probably could have picked up Arcides. Apparently, Krim was begging to get on this team in the offseason. You could have pulled the trigger to get a new main AR instead of accuracy. Maybe somebody with a little bit more slaying upside like an Arcides, like a Krim 6. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't pull the trigger. I'm fine with it because I do like accuracy, but like... Then midseason, when you maybe should have tried to make a move to replace Mac when he really was struggling towards Major Four, you didn't do it um, because you wanted to stick with Team Cohesion, which I get, and I could still see them getting a decent placement at champs, like I said. But I think my negative is not being aggressive, and when you had maybe a chance to upgrade, you just go all in because this is probably your last year with Sib and Pred, to be honest. So, to me, you should have pulled the trigger and tried to go all in because this is probably the best chance maybe ever Seattle will have to win uh win a ring when you have a Sib and Pred in your team. Yeah. Two two star players. Caliber players. Mm-hmm. Seattle, I for me, I put a C plus. Okay. Like you said, they they did show flashes at the at the year. They they did make the finals against New York, but they did lose mm-hmm. it. Really, you know, Pred and Sib was a positive. For the yeah. most of the year, yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I guess he had his flashes. Mac did have his flashes early in the year, but Mac started struggling. But my negatives were, mm-hmm. like you said, they did not pull the trigger after it was at major f- four when they mm-hmm. lost, which I really wanted them to get the scene because I feel like the scene helped help, help Pred a lot. 
And like you said, apprenticeship, likely last year with, with the team since, you know, all that deal that happened before the offseason. <laughs> and, yeah, let's see if they can make it run. Yeah, I'm one of the teams I always, I like Sib and Brad and I like accuracy a lot. Everybody knows you and I are like the maybe the most vocal accuracy supporters out there. That talk call duty where we're two of the biggest uh, vocal accuracy supporters so i'm also hoping to see this team make a run because i also think it'd be crazy if they somehow knocked phase to losers mm-hmm. um i don't think it's gonna happen but i'm kind of rooting for this team a little bit but yeah inconsistency was the name of the game for this team like a lot of teams um we're down to our last two teams though brock toronto i already spoiled what i gave them it's an a for me uh they won an event as a positive obviously scrappy is the clear rookie of the year and I think the big positive for me is as we look forward, no matter what they do at champs, unless they like get 06 map count or something at champs, I really think they have a, a team that can translate game to game really well. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we've seen Kleenex and Insight as a duo on this team since Insight was subbed in uh, in Cold War. We've seen them consistently as a very good top team in Cold War. They were also consistently uh, a very good contending team, at least in Vanguard. Even though they fell off a little bit from Cold War, they were still up there, always in contention, always making some noise. And then this year, again, we see them in a uh, position to win events, get a lot of high placements. Um, I think they'll translate really well game to game too. I think Insight's a steady main AR. I think Kleenex's aggression is always good. I think mm-hmm. Hixie's a smart player that pairs well with Kleenex. And then I think Scrap's going to be a superstar in every game. Um, yep. And I think the other positive was they took a big risk dropping Standy. Me, a lot of people were like, what are they doing when they drop Standy? Because he's such a mechanically skilled and good player. But yep. clearly they knew what they were doing and it paid off because they immediately won an event after dropping him. So that's a positive for me. Like I said, if I'm going to criticize Seattle for not taking a risk and making a roster move, I have to credit Toronto for taking yep. that risk and making that roster move because it definitely paid off. Regardless of if we thought it was right at the time, uh, they made the change and they won an event immediately. So mm-hmm. you got to give them credit for that. Um, definitely. My only negative was they had a couple tourneys where I feel like the run could have been deeper um, where they bowed out. I will give them, I mean, they, they got a top four. I really feel like they should have made the finals in this last event, um, but they mm-hmm. got a top four and they had an absolute gauntlet. There was a couple tournaments where they, they bowed out early. You know, they started in losers right after winning. So a couple situations there where they maybe could have made a little bit more noise, but overall just not a lot of negatives. I was kind of really headed, having to dig for negatives because this team had a great year. Yeah. Toronto, I also gave it a. It said, you know, Scrappy. They found the Cami replacement for Scrappy, which is a big W for mm-hmm. the year. It also did, you know, good good placements. Won a tournament. And I, I just love Insight. He's just like so icy. He's like, oh, man, <laughs> just like so icy. <laughs> he always guarantees one, which is a big. Everybody knows. Not that many people know about my style of Call of Duty because I obviously we don't. Never like streamed or like played in front of an audience or anything, but I love that insight. Always, he always guarantees one. He's gonna get his kill and make sure he doesn't go down without a fight. Mm. Just plays so correct too, and with clinics, you know the pace he plays at. It can sometimes it can be hurtful, but for the most part, it helps the team a lot. Especially with Scrappy, yeah. the new new guy. Yeah, you live and die by Kleenex. If he has his. 15 and 30 game you know you just accept that because you know eventually he's gonna have his 38 and 20 game where he just pops off at that pace mm-hmm. uh, like you said the the hixie for standy i kind of forgot that hixie played scrappy and the challengers team like last year so mm-hmm. they're just more comfortable more comfortable for scrappy and you know they have a little beef with standy yeah 
But yeah, Toronto, pretty pretty damn good team all year, like you said. For negatives, really, some I feel like they could have got farther in some tournaments. Yeah, as well. And hmm, I don't, I don't really have a lot of negatives, really. Just yeah, I, it's I a just, hard team to call with negatives. They they just they made the right roster changes. They had a great year. They have an award winning player and rookie of the year. It's hard to come up with negatives. They just didn't have that many bad moments. Yeah, not really not negatives and Toronto just overall so good org. Love it. Yep. Um, and then our last team to end the episode here. A bit of a long one today, but Las Vegas Legion. This was the one I thought was going to be a debatable grade for me. And I will say for this team, my grade doesn't go as much um, on the year they had, but more for the org standpoint. I actually gave them a B. And I know that's going to be wild because I kind of graded them on a different criteria. I mean, I put them over Seattle, Minnesota, who uh, and Boston, who qualify for champs. I get that. That sounds crazy. But for me, this was not as much based on their year because obviously those other teams had a better year. They qualify for champs and Vegas didn't. So mm-hmm. it, like, in terms of a just this year grade, I guess I could give them you know that C, C minus, D plus because they didn't qualify. But I gave them a B because literally my positive is that they changed the culture of an absolute loser franchise. Yep. I mean, this team was the losers of losers. They got 20 CDL points last year, was it? They won two matches yep, they got the entire season. Like, they got no points basically last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had never really, like, won anything. They went to, like, one home series finals in MW. They were just, like, basically, at, like, a laughing stock. We're never in contention. They pick up Clay. They kind of changed the perception of their franchise. They were in it right until the end the chance to make champs. And now they're not just viewed as like a complete laughingstock loser franchise. It sounds like Clay got in there and he maybe changed the mind of the owners and got them to buy in and spend a little bit more cash and make a couple midseason changes. And like, that's why I gave them a B because they finally changed the culture from just being here to be here and literally not even be a 12th team to finally yep. try. Um, yep. The negative is obvious though. Didn't complete the champs run and struggled on land down the stretch. Yep. Uh, I gave him a C plus Vegas. Clay really, you know, changed changed the, the organization around really. <laughs> him and Danny, Donnie, mm-hmm. you know, teach teach his moments. And I I, yeah. I like the I like the pickup of maybe spending a little bit more cash, but picking up uh, Standy, help You're getting that more slaying, get the feel the champs run potentially, but obviously they didn't end up making it. Negative is uh. Really, just you know, they're basically the Saudi key warriors from what, <laughs> from what I saw from online to land. <laughs> yeah, hurts to say. <laughs> yeah, they struggled online the last couple of tourneys there, where they had a chance to really make up some ground mm-hmm. um, and make champs. Because some of the teams that they were trying to catch up to, Boston and Seattle, especially, they really bottomed out at the end and gave Vegas a chance to make it back in there. Yep. The only other thing I have on this team before we wrap up is Clay. Please come back, even if it's not for Legion. I don't want to see Clay retire. Clay has still got it. He's still a top tier main AR, in my opinion. I still think he's in the top half of the main ARs in the league. He's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's still got the gunny. He's obviously got the intangibles and the leadership. I really hope he comes back. Um, I've jokingly said it. If FaZe doesn't win champs, I really just wish they would just pick up Clay and run it back with the tiny terrors and then play with Selium. Um, yeah. I think it'd be funny, and I think that they would actually really benefit from having Clay again. Um, but Clay, please don't retire. I really would like to see. He's like the last of the the OGs really in the league with Krim and Skump now both gone. Yep. Um, I really hope Clay comes back. I don't want to see him retire. He still can definitely keep doing it. 
play coming back for, you know, what don't have to be Vegas, but some team. And yeah. excited to see what Vegas does next year. Yeah, I mean, I would assume Clay's on the one plus one, so I would think they probably can technically control Clay's rights and, you know, keep him on the team. But even if they decide to, you know, be good to Clay if he doesn't want to play there anymore or wants to find a new team and they, like, let him go or something, um, I don't think Clay will have a lack of offers. I think he will definitely have a couple teams hitting him up for his services next year. Yeah. Stand with Donnie, too, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, Standy will for sure, too. Teej, I just don't know. Teej, it seems like a... Some people don't really trust him because of the inconsistencies, but you know, I, I still think Teach could be a, a winning player on the right team. Yeah. Right definitely. situation. Right team. Good. Yeah. All right. This is a bit of a longer episode, but it was a fun, I think the report card stuff talking about the year in review for a couple teams is fun conversation, but we can yeah. wrap it up unless you got anything else. No, I'm just excited for champs to go to and watch that in person. Really? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm really hoping, like we said, all the three O's were out. We're going to see only game fives. I'm going to try to speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be a couple weeks though before champs. So we'll Brock and I will brainstorm off the podcast. We'll figure out what exactly we want to do. Maybe we'll do our like final uh, tier list of players. Maybe we'll do like a, a player tier list. We haven't done one in a long time. Maybe we'll do one heading into champs where we rank players or something. But we've got next week's episode where we'll probably do something else. Because we'll save our predictions probably until like that Monday, June 12th, right before yep. champs. In there, so we'll have to figure out something for next week, but we'll figure it out. Um, if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Like I said, I think we're at like 990, 991 on YouTube for the sub. So if you're listening and you enjoy it, even if you're on the audio platforms, there's a link in there to go to YouTube. Go drop a sub on there. Help us hit our 1,000 goal. We'd really appreciate it. Um, if you're on the audio platforms, drop that five-star review. Um, we really appreciate all the support. Like I said, it was pretty crazy on the last one. And as we wrap up the regular season, it was another very successful year and the support was wild. Looking forward, like Brock said, to head to champs again this year. So we appreciate all the support. Thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in and we will see you next week. And then the week after our final predictions for the MW two seasons. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one.